Wait, Patrick, what are you drinking? Yeah, I got I got options. Uh, I got uh, this River West Stein Amber Lager that my brother uh, bought. It's a Lake. It's a Wisconsin brewery. It's a nice nice pack. And then over here, matching up my new Kirkland PC with some Kirkland Scotch. Ooh. You know, just uh, trying to make sure I should just spill that right on the new. That's like uh, like when you're like christening a uh, a new boat, right? You take a bottle of Kirkland Scotch and you wet, you, you wet, sh- whack you it against. Shatter your PC case. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, it does. There was there is a giant sticker on the front that says "tempered glass." Like, please, please, please be careful. Which, of course, then when I had to open the PC to uh, mess with the video card, um, immediately like dropped it onto like my, the table that I ideal. have in my office. Ideal, ideal. <laughs> it was fine. It didn't. It didn't. Uh, it didn't shatter. Well, but if it shattered, it's anyway, tempered, though. which means it would be very safe. So right. that you know, right. I got that going for me. That if the glass did shatter, you know, I wouldn't cut myself. I'd Pick destroy it up the in PC. One fucked up but, piece. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, kind of just like a. I think I hate the way tempered glass glass breaks because it feels kind of wet. Like it looks like it like sticks all together. You know what I mean? Like tempered glass, right? Tempered glass is the glass that like when it shatters, it like all like holds together mostly. That's safety right? glass. That's safety glass. Okay, sorry. That's a different safety thing. Safety glass I, think. I don't like because it looks wet. One but of them tempered is tempered glass. The, the type that sticks together. together. Wet, wet is not usually the word that I associate with, with, glass. with broken glass. Yeah, my, yeah, yeah. What's I that that you. tweet? My wets, my wets. But <laughs> actually, it was not about pasta Spaghetti. noodles. It was about the glass <laughs> that shattered in his hand. My Please, wets. Sir. My wets. Let me dust my wets. Rob, I, Rob, I think we started the podcast. I think we did. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Howdy, this gamers. This dark. I've got a beer. What you, oh, my oh, God. Wow. Where did that come from? <laughs> my Rob, God, what are you drinking? That is a Rob fucking, is always like, like a... I that's got a like mug a, of ale. Rob doing a, uh, like, reveal at the end of an episode of Lost is just like... And, like, see you next episode as Rob <laughs> pulls out the largest beer you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> Look at the absolute look, size of that. That's a fucking unit. Is, look at that. It's just look. It is just a modest twenty-eight ounce <laughs> Stein of beer. And now, like, how many ounces are in a pint? Pint glasses are usually sixteen ounces, right? Sixteen. Okay, so we're talking about a a. a Pint and three quarters. <laughs> a capital right. P pint. Yeah. But we're talking about we're not talking about a pint, we're talking about a pint. Pint. Now As crucially, I got this because not well I rationalized it is you know, I don't drink enough water. <laughs> Maybe if I had a bigger vessel for water, I'd be more hydrated and I would he have didn't, more energy. In fact, use it for water. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out the, so that's so just a thing, really good pint glass. <laughs> you could have fucking guessed. Well, <laughs> the thing is, you know what sucks about a pint glass huh. is it's too tiny for a tall boy. But with this guy, you can just dump the entire tall boy <laughs> right in there. The head foams up and then it settles and you have a beautiful mug of beer. 
And so it's so aesthetically pleasing that you couldn't like dare fucking, you know, besmirch it with water. Right? You don't want to like, you don't want to ruin the glass by putting water in. It's not going to have the head foam that you're looking for. And now it's if they had water with head foam, Rob would be satisfied. Just some whipped cream on the top of your water, like trying to recreate the oh my experience. God. I'm sure a gastropub somewhere has tried it. Molecular gastronomy, yeah, like. They, yeah, inf- infuse the H2O with something. Yeah. I've seen these oxygen bars. I'm sure they <laughs> will serve you some bullshit. <laughs> we invented carbonation too. This time the water gets head foam. <laughs> I mean, that's like, I was sitting there, I was like, hold on. With the soda stream over there, I, there's got to be a way to make it happen. Like, oh. Oh. But the, <laughs> science experiments. Yeah, but the thing is, like, you, you, it's very easy to get head foam. It's just, do you want it in your water? Rob, like, the thing you'd have to add to get the head foam, do you want that? How so many? here's the question. Here's mm. a, hold on. Here's what you're asking is, would you love? Think about a the experience of getting glass in, of water. Think about the experience <laughs> of getting into a hot tub. Would you like that in a in glass? Your mouth. In your it, mouth, yeah. but it's a it's a cold tub. It's, cold. it's a cold, it's tub. cold tub. It's it's a cold tub. There's bubbles. Uh, it's Welcome cold. to my oxygen bar. Would you, would you like? A, would you like a tall glass of cold tub? So my concept this, for this drink we're like was thirty seconds away from reinventing whippets. <laughs> okay, so here's the important information for tonight's stream. Uh, tonight we're hanging out it's with a podcast. Are we live? Newest, it's a podcast. We, <laughs> it's been a podcast for like fifteen minutes, Patrick. Well. Five minutes, Patrick. You called you it, called a, it stream. a stream. You said it's stream. <laughs> well, we record so many of them now. <laughs> we, do, we, we do be streaming. Kind of quite a bit. A stream. Who the fuck yeah. am I? I could make it a stream. Oh, this is Renata Price. <laughs> Ren comes to us direct from Kotaku. Previously interned at Fanbyte. And I'm going to have to give some version of this whole spiel on the main pod, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to belabor the point here. Uh, They'll have heard emphasize- that already. This will come out the day after the first pod, if you're on the first pod, which I think you might be on the first pod. I should be on the first pod, barring HR absolutely taking 17 consecutive hours to onboard me. Who's, who's, who's to say? The stream? They've who's told to me say? it should only be three. Who's to say with HR these days? Who? What? What is the advice HR department anymore? Fuck! How many times has that onboard- department changed? They've told me I have onboarding paperwork. I can tell you, I do not have onboarding paperwork. But we'll see. Oh, you should email somebody about that before Friday. Regardless, hello, <laughs> welcome to the show. Howdy, gamers. This is in the past for everyone listening. We recorded this a Correct. week ago. A week ago. Does that make this illegal? Is this legal? Probably. Don't tell anybody. Nobody, nobody I mean, on this Ren's call not, I mean, Ren's not being paid for her time. <laughs> I mean, Is that I'm legal? Wow. I'm salaried, at which point I'll like, I'm salaried enough where it's not like, it's not like Jason is walking to me at the end of the week and being like, how many time, how much hours did you spend in the podcast minds? <laughs> like, I, Damn, like, that is a very the craziest good Jason. Jason Kevler impression I've ever heard. Wow. It's like he's here. Yeah, Kato's going to have to excerpt that one and send it over as a clip. Uh, just, hey, Jason, I'm sorry. We're going to feed it's this true. into the... I don't know how you knew this, but like it's when it's, when it's time card review day... <laughs> 
Jason <laughs> likes to smoke a carton of uh, Pall Malls and then review our time cards. <laughs> when was the last Classic. time anyone here turned in a time card? This is this is also. Oh, I don't know, Kato. When is the last time anyone turned in a time card? I see you say you had an email every fucking day about your time cards. You look, I told Jason they were broken, and he was like, don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, Rob, you get emails wait, wait, about wait. His, his not turned in time every cards? Every day. Every, so, yeah. It's yeah, so do I. This is I not get those Kato's emails fault. too. Kato can't, like, Kato can't make it stop. I can't. I can't do a time thing because they fucked up my time. I've moved around this company like four times now in like what I legally am to the company. And the most recent one, it completely broke the timekeeping for me. I've told people it's never been fixed. No one, no one seems to know but how you're to still fix being it. Paid. So I'm no. still being paid. But <laughs> every day. You know what? <laughs> can you can you black right click blacklist domain? Just no more emails. No more 100%. emails from August. No, because it's 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 work day, which has other important things. Oh, yeah. Oh. You've now blocked you've now blocked your pay as well. Yeah. I'm actually a little worried. I sent all the stuff going to one of the main waypoint handles, mm-hmm. uh, like email handles. Mm-hmm. I'm worried I accidentally sent all that to spam. Because I marked something as spam once because I was like, I was in a little bit of tizzing. Uh I was like, I'm going to bring order to this house of chaos. (laughs) And so I marked something spam. It was like clearly spam. It was like wire fraud shit. Right. And it was like, cool. All that. You know how they only flash that message like for a few seconds where it's like you can hit undo. But then if you blink and miss it, you don't even know what the message said. It, it's it's exactly the same way like I was slight I sl- I was like swipe left on an email accidentally when I'm using my phone yes. and it archives that shit. That is gone. I am not undoing that shit. I can't oh no, hit that you button go? fast enough. Yep. Oh yep. sorry to that email. It doesn't exist anymore. Listen, I'll and be it- honest. I don't know how to organize an email inbox. I just don't know how. I have no fucking clue when i when i left <laughs> Co- you might want to edit that when i left kotaku.com i had 5,679 unread oh, emails I, I think i think you're i think yeah. you're gonna get beaten right now by those two i am the complete i'm gonna i'm gonna add up how many emails are in my inbox well let's go let's Five, everybody open, your, open email. your email no hold on but i brought order to the chaos yeah i can't open my email i don't have that shit anymore and i don't have well, I know, you've already given you've already given us yeah a base. we know your number okay 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 we're about to share your uh rob uh, you, you go first you say you've you've cleaned out so oh yeah What's like the number have... now? Also, what are we doing? Are we doing app numbers? Are we doing no? So okay, so combined like numbers. My, I'm going to combine my personal and professional. Yeah, I think this no, is important. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa! In that case, <laughs> mine is 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 eight thousand emails. Great, good, excellent. Yes, twenty three. Okay, so I, I brought twenty three. Shut both, both, both. Yes. Patrick, this is like this is like somehow a offensive to me that's not real you know what Patrick <laughs> this is I've decided no, this isn't is able it isn't real <laughs> are you are you does it Patrick, explain your method. if you go yeah. in and it has those Hit little us. category mm-hmm. tabs do you do those count into the inbox or are those hitting no. a filter first is that well all mail? No, What's like, your I, all I, mail I, number? I, Click on all mail, motherfucker. So like, <laughs> hit Why all can, mail? No, so I, no, 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 no. Hit all mail, Patrick. 
I want to know. This is on, but I have no. I have folders where I put like all the embargoes for games that we are have currently not we have hit the embargo on. Fuck. But I put those into a folder. They don't count for my inbox. I've categorized them, put them away. When the embargo gets hit, I go back once a week. I go in, I remove the ones that are in that folder that we hit the embargo on. Boom, done with that. In wow. my inbox, which is my inbox is is purely things I need to get to. Uh-huh. Everything else has been <coughs> coughing out of. An email. It was too, 23 is too many. I'm sorry technically, technically it is too many. Something came into the house with the new Costco PC. This is our warning sign. <laughs> oh, no. Is like, finally got my discount gaming PC. Technically, 23 is too many because I try to keep a rule that um, it actually, I shouldn't have to scroll through my inbox. That it's wow. Just these, because my inbox, so I've explained this on the podcast before. My inbox, I treat as reminders or like action item lists. It is not actually like... A huge, like everything that is that is needs to be categorized to deal with, it goes into folders. And the only thing that like stares at me in the inbox are like things that I need to take care of. So the reason I'm so good at cleaning it up is because I've gotten it to the point where I made it a system where it's like, okay, I I deal with this email, I do what I need to do with it, I move on. Um, otherwise, what's here are like stories that I'm chasing or some email I just haven't gotten back to. But yeah, twenty three is. Is what I'm and actually there's like six of these. Like I've had these due date reminders from the local library for like two and a half weeks. That annoys me. That should be gone. You know what I should do? Re- return those fucking books so that I can archive <laughs> that email and uh, move on from my life. I guess an important question is from like a from like a journalism standpoint. Do you mm-hmm. like get PR emails to your personal yes. email? So you're telling me, mm-hmm. Patrick, yeah, that you have. The hundreds of fucking emails that hit your inbox every yep. fucking day, yep. you have somehow managed to to th- toss away. That's called it's called it's called a control shift A. It's archive. I do it in the morning before I get started. I do it at lunch, and then I do it right before my kids come home. But how, so do just, no. how do you parse them? How do you parse the stream? How are you, you parse? No, no, no. It's just, are like you just throwing, throwing away opportunities away that we don't know about? Ah, damn. What am I going to do with this Yu-Gi-Oh press release from Konami? Yeah, uh, I will have you, what? I will it's have a card you game. know that I played that Yu-Gi-Oh game and it's all right. Thank I've, you very it's, much. It's, it's ripping up. It's ripping up the charts and you're 100% <laughs> right. It's extremely popular. <laughs> and you know what? It's all right. And you know what? You threw that lead away. No, no, no. Motherfuckers motherfucker out here being like, I got 23 emails because I throw away 600 a day. Yeah, okay. I could have 23 emails too, Patrick. <laughs> Here's the deal. All the games are down in the depths of Santa Prisca prison. The strong ones will ascend Claw to the surface to the where Patrick will be like, you seem like a game. And then mighty Patrick will deign to write about you. Maybe. Because well, the, the alternative just, is you're all suggesting the, the rest live in the depths of the archives. The alternative that everyone is suggesting is that ah, uh, it's a it's a fresh uh, what's it was tomorrow? Fresh Thursday morning. Time to go see what I was thinking about in my inbox from yes. two and a half months ago yes, to see if Patrick. there are any fresh leads from t- 
Tinsley PR that I need to address. Because we, um, as- because we aspire to our values knowing that we cannot actually match. That is that is the core of You dream of utopia. We dream of utopia. And you're out here throwing it away. 600 emails at a time. You refuse the dream of utopia. Get the fuck out of here, my guy. So the wow. thing is... I'm no longer a leftist because I refuse to have my inbox flooded with press releases. <laughs> Damn! (laughs) Accepting every single email you'll get from Evolve PR is praxis. I am I'm 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 classist when it comes to my email because I choose to only have the bourgeoisie up here. Like, look, only what I could. If I have to scroll down, if I have to go to the lower levels of my email, I'm sorry, you're being archived. Like, step up, Control Shift A. Refusing to manage your inbox is praxis. <laughs> yes. Oh, <sighs> fucking hell. Everyone are are so you mad. Tom All? Or do you work for Tom All? <laughs> Big distinction for Patrick. Oh, if, Rob, if fucking Patrick Kleppick doesn't see head of PR in your fucking email, he is throwing <laughs> that shit away. Only talking so, to the look. big boys. Hey, no, I've got, I, I, I marked this. Uh, actually, the ironic thing is I still have a Yu-Gi-Oh! email um, in my <laughs> inbox because I got, so I it, it went to the archive. Oh. I was like, hey, let us know if you're interested. I was like, isn't that game free to play on Steam? What's there to be interested about? Yeah. Archive. Uh, and then I got a follow-up. I was like, are you interested? And I was like, oh, now I have to respond. Because one of my rules is like, I will archive most random emails that, that seem to be like filled in fields of like dear insert. It's like, you don't actually right. yeah. need, but then when you get the follow-up, the follow-up always means that they've either been asked or it's part of their job to get like a yes, no from you. Mm, right. And then I just recognize like, Oh, that person's just trying to do their job. All they want is for me to say, Hey, we'll let you know if we're interested. And so I respond to all of those emails with like a, Hey, See, I'll that, let you know for that. I'm like, no, no, like the more you, the more you email and like, hey, just want to like, wow. no, you're never going to find out. I never, so Patrick, so Patrick kind of works on classism and Rob works on spite is what I'm hearing. It's kind of like the, it's kind of like the current paradigm of Waypoint. And this is what I've kind of been brought into is that the current paradigm of Waypoint is, from what I understand, built on classism as its first pillar and spite as its second. <laughs> I mean that's what's that's, your you know, wait we don't, wait wait <laughs> important thing. What is the number? No. We don't have Rob's number yet. Oh yeah, Rob, please. Hold on, I have to share something real quick. <laughs> I just I just need to share with you some forbidden knowledge that we can allude to. Oh my god, please. but perhaps not discuss using the direct phrases. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sure. To speak in <clears throat> tongues. Let me see this real quick. So, I also, like, I tried to parse all the emails that were coming in. By the way, you can see specific agencies and specific PR people that I'm like, every single time I read your name, my life grows poorer. Every single time I read an email... I am less informed Rob, and less Rob, interested. Rob, in wow. Rob, this is far. This Rob. is far more psychotic than what I. Wow. Skip inbox. Apply label. Skip inbox. Apply label. Apply label. Never mark as important. Never mark as important. This is I. All right. I'm gonna be honest about something. 
about how I work as a person. I'm a woman who kind of puts out here the idea that like more places need more structure. And I believe that. I think that's true. Et cetera, et cetera. If you put a gun to my head and ask me to figure out how to do one of these fucking email things, I would tell you to pull it. I am not going to do it. I will. I will lose that fucking gambit because like, no, I'm not going to be able to sort this shit. I do not have the capacity. This is scary. No. This automation no, hold is on. terrifying. Hold on. Oh, my God. The thing is, here's the solution. Oh God, so the reason. Please. So now I have. I have. A do you even folder. get any email? Yeah. Or do they, <laughs> no, no, all, they all go? They all go. They all go to PR. Uh-huh. And PR right now has 9,132 unread messages. Yes. Yes. Okay. I mean, that makes yes. sense. But then how much how much does your normal inbox have? Um, so I've been great at pruning it lately, but like this is like basically I have not done a full culling since the year started. So stuff's piled up. Uh, there's like 400 unread in like the inbox. OK, uh, but a lot bad. of it is a lot of it is also still just kind of crap that the filter just didn't quite catch. Right. Yeah. Like, um, you know, experience the advantages of Uber. Ola, Lyft with apps like like apps with us. I'd rather like, not. I would rather not. I would rather not. Like I'm not like th- and that was the reason those filters came in. It was like those were like the things that were targeting. OK, what is the mark for like the most coarse grain PR blast that like is constantly just clogging the inbox? That's what I'm trying to target. You know, on this note, I do actually have I do have a question that, I, that I'm legitimately curious about. Yeah. Um, cause I'm, I'm always curious about like craft and shit. And so like, I think that like part of the thing that like we're reacting to with like PR shit is that like, and different approaches to like completely weeding out PR emails is like, how many of us actually act as reporters right now? And like that, that, that is the question that I have. Cause like my inbox ballooned cause I was very rarely acting as a reporter. And I think that does change the equation. Because, like, I think that, like, everyone who works for, for Vice is like, a, is, like, a journalist, right? That's what the job title is, right? But, like, how many of us are actually reporters at Waypoint.Zone? Pat uh, I mean, certainly not. That would be me. Yeah. It's, like, literally which is a, which is a part Which is part of, like, like, I have to be, like, ruthless and efficient with, like, the stories that I'm chasing. And so, like, that's part of how why I'm ruthless and efficient with the emails, which is, like, I just make snap judgments on, like, is this anything that I would ever investigate with my time? Like, no, probably not. Now, granted, but that's also in tandem with I like run all the code distribution or most of the code distribution for the site. So like that's like there's there's that equation. But most of the time it's just like this is just an extension of the fact that like I just don't have that much time in general. And so it's just like fuck off emails. Like if I if you're that interesting, I will I will find my way back to you because of uh finding some thread elsewhere and plus like i just don't i don't usually the 99 percent of the stories i do do not come out of a pr email like exactly 99 not 99 percent of what those emails are are me waiting for someone to say could you fill out this google form for a code request and then i'm figuring out who who i'm sending that to and so that, that's why most of that stuff ends up getting so ruthlessly archived it's like i just don't I'm not going to use it for anything. Or if I do need it for something, it's uh, I needed to contact someone at Konami. So I just like search my archives and then the, the Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> so, release comes Rob, back up. Here's something else that I need to get off. Like this is just something I, I think about a lot, which is that every single really useful communications technology is ruined and outmoded by marketing. 
Like yeah. this is just the like I don't need like I don't answer phone calls for numbers I don't recognize because I know yep. what that is. Yep. That's gonna be that's gonna be bullshit. That's gonna be a car warranty or something. It's it's absolutely broke. And like that is like why the last vestiges of like direct communication, like not the last vestiges, but like something like, for example, a personal Discord account. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like a more oh, efficient, yeah. like, like people, people have tried. I have had people who work at the same company as me email me shit. That is net motherfucker. I get 600 emails a day. That shit is never going to get to me. That's why we have Slack. What are you <laughs> well, doing? When, when Rob and I are trying to see when we're going to, if we're going to meet up before going to walk to the office, when we're visiting the office and we're both in hotel rooms that are like one floor away from each other. We're messaging each other on Discord. Like, we have we have our phone numbers. You're not going like, to email. Like someone emailed me the other day, and I was like, "What the fuck are you doing? You have this contact so in I'm not going to really, go to that meeting." A really clarifying thing was a PR person that I like, someone I actually really respect, and usually is really good about sending pitches. But they did a direct outreach through uh, Discord um, because Ew. I had attended <laughs> like a. Online That's too personal. I'm a. I'm right. a I will block you. And I was like, <laughs> "Hey, so the answer to your question is like, no, going to pass on this. I need to be real clear. Don't do this. Like, like this is. <laughs> and, 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 the, and the thing is, but the thing is, I understand what they were up against, right? Which is that they have cannibalized all their other avenues of approaching like media. And the thing is, I'm not. I don't even think it's them. Right. Like, I think most of the people who end up in that, like that, the PR filter traps, I think most of that stuff is being driven by clients who are demanding, like, show me action, show me action. Like, what are you like? Right. What are you promoting? And, well, and, like, that, and that's why that's why I do the fo- like that's that's where my I it, for a PR that I don't care about. That's where like the follow up, especially if I know the person. It's like, look, you need I know that you have an Excel spreadsheet open right now. And the reason you've done the follow up is because you have a client that wants to know yes or no. It, the no is fine. But like by saying no, I know that I'm actually doing you like a slight favor because you can then say, great, they said no. And the client doesn't give a shit if it's yes or no. That just like comes across as an action item on like what we require to do for the campaign. Right. I mean, like I mean, we're kind of hitting on like the core of what's like broken about the ad based model and like what's broken about the way that like most industries work right now is that advertisers are in this weird position where they're realizing that like the standard modes of advertisement don't fucking work anymore. It doesn't work when you just put your ad on a fucking web page. It do- no one's going to fucking click on it or the people who that do click on it are actually bots that a website <laughs> is using to like farm fucking clicks. So advertisers keep paying and like people are realizing that shit. Right. And it's putting everyone in this weird position where like, you have to be constantly contacting journalists because the the model as it exists right now is starting to break down. It's so starting to shatter. The thing is, like, I think I think it's murkier than that. I think the the thing they're up against is the arrival of um, like hyperlink advertising. You know, starting with starting with like sort of the advent of the modern internet like gave this illusion of precision where mm. it's like, okay, we can, we can see like click rates. We can see like that that is the outcome you're buying. 
advertising always worked basically on this principle of who knows? We just put like ads out in the world and we raise awareness. Who the fuck knows what it actually does? Who knows what the value is of a two page spread in Vogue actually was right. And you'd always criticize. Maybe none of that mattered, right? Maybe the, the entire ad industry was all smoke and mirrors all the time. But I do suspect there was something to it. It just doesn't translate to, okay, well, it's got to turn into like click conversions or something like that. And so I think I think the level of precision they got through all this and the promises they made along the way for what like targeted advertising would be worth. Like they went into a giant cul-de-sac, right, Mm. where the minute it turned into, okay, so like what are the actual now we can sort of see the outcomes, right? Like. What is all this targeting advertising doing? And there's nothing measurable. Does that mean it doesn't work? I don't know. Like, my suspicion is, like, I think the way most advertising works is, it just sort of sits there in the back of your mind, right? Like, propaganda doesn't immediately cause, like, it it is propaganda. It doesn't immediately cause, like, a change in action or worldview. It just sort of sits there and percolates. And the next time you're thinking, like, man, I do need car insurance. (laughs) Maybe you'll be like... A gecko seems nice. <laughs> and, like, and like this Just is why this is why so many places prefer like sponsored content over like traditional self-produced ads at this point, right? Like Sponcon, please. Yeah, I was Spon- I was gonna say Sponcon <laughs> and then I thought about how fucking gross it was gonna be to say Sponcon out loud and then I was like, no no no, we're gonna say sponsored content and then Patrick fucking drags me back in with his grimy little rope. Um and so, sure, you're getting more SpawnCon now because, like, that shit sits deeper in your fucking brain when it comes from a person who you like, right? And, like, who is, like, who's, like, incorporated into this, like, you know, modern video essayists and, like, modern YouTubers will, like, fucking bring that shit into the premise of the video, right? They set up the, pre- like, the, the default way that, like, most advertisement works in, like, YouTube videos right now, video essays, like, 25-minute-plus videos, which is what YouTube likes right now, is you have the introduction to the video. You have the sponsor read, which is integrated into the introduction, and then you have the actual video start, right? And so, like, that shit's going to stick deeper in your head because you're already getting engaged by that introduction, right? And, like, that is what SponCon does with, like, in terms of, like, headlines, right? You read a headline, your brain's like, ooh, headline, ooh, writer I like. You get in there, you see the the fucking sponsored content, and you're already fucking engaged. You're already in there, and so it sits deeper in the back of your skull. And so, like... I think we're seeing a very real pivot and like part of the difficulty of like any entertainment journalist or any journalist period, right? Is we're seeing a shift from this like ad-based model to this like new sponsored content model, which is in some ways like less obviously reliable, right? You're getting less click conversions, but in the same way, you're also like getting it deeper in people's brains. And like that is the complicated position in which like a lot of people find themselves now, right? Which is why you're seeing more sponsored content across like every fucking website. The other option is you, you know, say fuck the ad-based model altogether and then you try something new. Like Waypoint Plus, if you were to go to waypointplus.com, well, the people well, actually, listening you've to this, been yeah, there they, because you're they are, listening yeah, exactly. to this podcast, that means you <laughs> welcome to Waypoint. However, <laughs> you've said fuck the ad-based model. However, as you're saying, Rob. Uh, however, if you also happen to work in the advertising and marketing industry, please contact Jason Kebler. Uh, if you think that a sponsored Waypoint video series produced by Ren might be something that makes sense for a partnership, uh, do reach out, not to me. 
Yeah, please. <laughs> just please not reach out Rob. To Jason. So don't reach out. Do not reach out to Rob. Um, you you want to end up you in can't. a PR blast? Hmm. Mm. Do you want to end out? End up in the fucking in the dark verse of Rob Zachney's email? Ah, welcome to Blast Mountain. Welcome to the Shadow Realm, motherfucker. <laughs> you're 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 in here. That's with, where the Yu-Gi-Oh code went. You're you're hanging out with Yugi Moto's grandpa in the fucking Shadow Realm of Rob Zachney's inbox. It's like Seto Kaiba. Who? <laughs> I think part of it is also like it's just it's so easy to think more is better, right? Like I'm certain the people at these agencies are like look at all these contacts we made on the behalf, behalf of your your clients. But what you don't realize is that like the same PR rep who reached out to me with a game that is relevant to my interests also reached out with three trailer release date announcements for different games on that same day. And then they also released like on that same day three new round of funding announced by three companies you've never fucking heard of. And then two pitches for, do you want to speak to someone you don't care about and probably would not like? And hear what they think about the news of the day. Like that person can do all that. And you've turned them into like just undirected noise, right? right? They can't, they can't actually do their job. They can't rep anything. All they can do is just like be another, like basically a junk mailer. Well, that's why um, they have those, uh, what are those, like those hidden pixel things that essentially act as a read receipt so that they. Oh, you think. And that's why my inbox doesn't display images. <laughs> right. Wow. Right. 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 Ambitious. Uh, but that, that, it, because that's one of the metrics that, uh, you know, like PR companies will uh, will use is that like, hey, OK, they didn't reply. They're not going to write an article, but we can tell you that they definitely read it. It went from bold to. Uh, to, to you know, to regular font, and like we know that that means that they read it and the images showed up and yada yada yada. So, <sighs> let's take just one second. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Take a little break. I get. Well, it. I also Rob is going to conveniently use the fact that someone had to go to the bathroom to. Uh, Rob, uh, can you show me what? Uh, how does your uh, how does your drink look like? Anything in there? It's empty. Gone. It's empty. Well, we were talking for a good. We talked for forty minutes. Mm-hmm. You could, Sixteen ounces of yeah. delicious. I'm not. I'm not judging. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not I, I was now, just noticing that it probably lined up. Mm-hmm. But now it's nog time. Oh, oh my god! god. <laughs> Isn't that shit gone bad yet? Oh, it's fresh. You gotta make new batches. Look at my Twitter. You gotta look finish. My Twitter. You gotta finish you gotta a batch it. before you, you start a new out, batch. Bro. Yeah, you gotta check it out, bro. bro. Check out my nog. Check out my check, nog. Check it out. Image two four five dot jpeg. I am a lovely woman, and I am looking for a serious relationship with an honest man. Text me if you're looking for that. Text too. Where do you think this number goes? Is it a bot? Uh, absolutely. Yes. If not, it's a bot on this end, and but then you'll probably be connected to somebody in a phone bank like office somewhere to sell me what do they still do like they steal your they steal your credit cards Mm, yeah well don't want do you want to do you want to do it then give me your credit card over plain text (laughs) (laughs) i i I can only hope that's how it was phrased which is like (laughs) 
Hey man. <laughs> hey, hey, hot, hot baby. You want to you want to bone some of your password over plain text? <laughs> SMS only. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm so horny for plain text right now. <laughs> I only want that TXTs. <laughs> Hello. Wow. NSFW.txt. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> Waypoint dot zone. Hey y'all. <laughs> hey. Oh, well, if you go to Waypoint, check dot- this out. Okay. Oh, why is it separated? Hey, hey heard yo. you guys like foam. <laughs> yo, why sure. you Wait, isn't that foam? eggnog? Is eggnog supposed to have foam? <laughs> so Are this recipe, good? this recipe involves folded in egg white oh. to make it frothy. Oh, Rob Zach, wow, so let me, fancy. Let me, for, to clarify this to people listening, Rob Zachney just showed us the alcohol equivalent to like being shown a color that doesn't exist. I feel like <laughs> I just saw like a fucking angle from space. I I hated looking at that. What the fuck are you drinking? <laughs> it was my guy? it was a color, and it was two colors, which is what surprised me. It was two colors. Well, <laughs> and the foam and the the liquid were. Just off-white enough that I was very confused at what I was looking Motherf- at. Motherfucker had a definable body and crema. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> See, I didn't, I, yeah. Eggnog. I, I am so excited to have someone else on the podcast that is so aggressive towards Rob. Like, this is just... <laughs> just oh, another boy. person. Oh, no, it's no, 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 no. It's let all me, no, no, I've no, ever Patrick, wanted. Patrick, let me yeah. be real clear about something. Mm-hmm. I, I reached out to Rob Zachney recently on Twitter.com Okay. Uh, in response to... And I like it's a social address, media website. Yeah, <laughs> social media website. I'd like Check to address... It I'd like to address some allegations. Um... Shots were taken out of, out of one Mr. Robert Zachney mm-hmm. on a recent episode of the podcast Waypoint Couldn't be. Radio. Couldn't be me. Um, specifically, the episode recorded um, by one Natalie Watson, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Patrick, I'm mm-hmm. um, reading this correct, uh, Klepek. And, oh, um, damn. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Brutal. And uh, the best Astra in the biz, Kato. And um, thank you, Kato, for your service. Thank um, you. And some shots were taken at Rob Zachney. Yep. And the cool thing about those shots were I caught every single stray. Every <laughs> one of those fucking shots impacted with my mortal form. And and I had to reach out to Rob as an act of solidarity to be like, <laughs> to be See, like I'm sorry that happened to both of us. So like the every question, the question time- is here. So the question is here. So Kato, <laughs> side talk. Yeah. So. <laughs> What's up? On the stream this morning, hey, Rob, we were you we, your own <laughs> we were able to clarify with Rob, like how does he use his phone and the speakers in his house? Right. And so what I'm presuming is that when we brought that up and we were doing a little bit of the yucks, <laughs> yeah. that that uh, right over here, she, uh, you know, felt like maybe something was going on there as well. So there are two scenarios. One, oh, Riz- I think you underestimate how much was said, my friend. You so took like not, half a dozen shots at Rob Zachney and that so it's fucking not, podcast. Yeah, we, it's, <laughs> it's not just the podcast shit. It it's was, not speaker it was, related. It was not speaker. I mean, that was part of it. Speaker related shit. I will put myself on blast. Yes, I do listen to a podcast on full volume on my fucking phone in the middle of my apartment. Go fuck yourself. I'm stronger than you. You are weak. Two, the shots you took 
out of one Mr. Robert Zachney's taste in video games. Go fuck yourself. I put Stalker in my game of the year list for 2021 without prompting. Number three. This is Phoenix, right? Wow. She, she's also got her finger up. She's like pointing with the finger the whole I, I am counting this shit out so you know the amount of shots you took that also happened to hit your newest employee. Mm. I respect laborers. I respect workers thank here. You, thank point. you. Thank you. Thank oh. you, Patrick, for for <laughs> abandoning your classist foundations. Your butt oh, hey, don't hey, don't forget the ultra wide thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I do have a curved monitor. I oh, you have, have to, got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> I do oh, utilize a curved wow. monitor that I will be arm mounting in my fucking bedroom. You so can, I can arm mount ma- your curve monitor? <laughs> so I can have good fucking lighting on our podcast, which we produce for the people. And and Robert and fucking sorry, Rob Zachney. Rob Zachney is for the people. Patrick Klepik is out here getting mad at me putting in work for the waypoint audience to make sure that I am well lit and not being blocked by a fucking desk monitor. No, I'm gonna arm. <laughs> you know, I'm glad. I'm glad that we finally have. You know, uh, uh, of the of the full time waypoint crew, uh, uh, half the crew is out there remembering. The meager people out there with their ultra wides, unrepresented, the meager, not talked the proletariat. about. They, I mean, just like ah, like why the ultra wide monitor is the proletarian. Uh, because 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 you know what? Who can see it? Everyone in the room. <laughs> Well, That's not it, a monitor for me. That's not a for monitor sharing. for me. That's a monitor for us. Have you Patrick. have you ever tried to look at a curved monitor from an angle that isn't straight on? Yeah, because I bought a good one. Yeah, oh. what the fuck are you talking about? Wait, I let me tell you something about the, about the curved monitor, my friend. Yeah. Okay, so I'm just curving this from somebody who like provided this ammunition to me. <laughs> but still, I think it's a really good point. I didn't know this, but now I'm going to adopt it as a point that I'm deeply invested in. Indeed, uh, was I'm going to present it as if it's something that factored into my decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, but curved monitor, same focal length. You're just sitting here looking around your screen, but all the text is the same distance from your eyes. Oh my God, what luxury. Your eyes don't have to strain. They don't have to, the muscles don't have to flex or engage. They're just like, it's true. I know where all that stuff is. And also, Patrick, name an angle. And I'll tell you that I've looked at a curved monitor from that <laughs> angle. I'll, I'll name, name any angle. I'll say it. Come on, get going. 267. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a mirror in my room. <laughs> Bounce that shit off. I can still see every pixel. Patrick. Let me get out my tape measure and make sure it works. My compass. Pulling out my protractor over here. Oh my 13. God. Got protractor. him. I don't even know the last time I heard the word protractor. Oh, hey, probably during the High Fleet stream. Hey, y'all, check it out. It's true. It's true. Is that a protractor? Oh no! I can't see a single a thing you're trying to show. Us. God damn it! It, wouldn't, it didn't work. My reveal was ruined. I, I saw four. I saw four numbers though. Four, Kato's four screen. 
there were a lot of looked like Rob's drink. I'm going to be honest. Like the colors on display were this, like the same like delineation too between the, between the body and the clema. My God. 40,703 emails. See, we've had this, we've had this conversation yeah. before and I, I, and where I just don't know why you have the number displayed anymore. Uh, to remind me like of a, my shame, a personal bit to yourself, which I respect. I respect, I respect the just, I like, uh, you know what? I got to remind Actually, myself way more every day. You play so many games where number go up. Yeah. That you just enjoy watching number go gotta up keep, on your, on your email. I have like the reverse. So Rob has a bunch of filters to keep stuff out. Mm-hmm. And I have the opposite. I have like three filters. Kato, his arms in. open wide. Look, all I have P- like all PR Kato, people. Kato I'm is, asking. Kato is not just Kato's not just fucking bringing his own email. Kato was reaching into apparently other people's emails and be like, <laughs> give me your give me your trash. Kato is signing up for these, second rate conferences. He's not going to attend these. No, here's the here's the, the truth is I don't look at the inbox. I just look at the labels. <laughs> But the inbox has a big number on it because I'm not looking there. I'm filtering out the things I need. So the filters are for the important things because I think that's easier to filter out usually by who's sending Mm. it and shit, right? Like work shit. Why not just one day? Whoa, Kato has sent a picture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Of of his um, email filters. That's all I need. I'm looking at these. Okay, these are not bad. It's just my email because they always send from the same emails yeah. and that's fine. Then I get everything that I absolutely need, specifically the 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 ad one, Acast, our distributor. That's how I don't miss those. And everything Couldn't else you just stays look in at the an inbox. inbox that was just labels? Does that exist? No, like it, if- it's a la- like I click on the label and then it just shows me those things, right? So like I'm mm-hmm. only looking there. In the inbox it's like 2,000 million things that are... I have a new screener from Fox Entertainment. See, what I is told, this? Kato, Kato, I told you there are websites and apps where you could have watched Nightmare Alley, <laughs> Nightmare Alley. instead of Shit. watching it at 480p on a, right. uh, off a DVD. I have, to, I have to add a new filter for those. Damn it. The, prob- <laughs> the problem is, Kato, you're starting to run up against where like those screeners are going to expire, which is like basically no. the... In like the next week or two where like those screeners won't work anymore. Fuck. You're getting hit on both sides. <laughs> Most of that 40, I, I my work email is t- only actually 2,000. So the other 38 is my 38. personal email, okay, yeah. which is, is just a, a, you know, endless wasteland of things I never look at anymore because yeah. people who I know that email me are email, are just, are not, they're not emailing me. People that I know are contacting yeah. me in other ways other than email. <laughs> You gotta my unsubscribe email, from that newsletter. I, I, my personal I, yeah. email is letting me know what I ordered from DoorDash, and like I already know that I yeah, just did it. Thanks. Like I know, I know I got ramen for the second day in a row from a second different <laughs> the thing. location. They'll you be, don't need to tell me that. Are you spreading it around because you're embarrassed to order from the same ramen place two days in a row, or because they do different ramens? Okay. Uh, Okay, so actually, it's been three ramen places, not three days in a row, but within the same week. And the first one was my ramen place. Mm -hmm. The second one was my partner's ramen place while she was staying Mm -hmm. at my house. Uh, And then the third one was the ramen place in Providence, 
uh, where I'm currently staying with a friend. So like right now we're at three different ramen places, two of which in two different cities. So like, I think that is slightly, slightly (laughs) more acceptable, (laughs) but no, I will 100% not order from the same place multiple times out of shame i have so much anxiety regarding people who work for restaurants who recognize my fucking name (laughs) doordash.com tells me that i'm in the top five percent of people ordering from a certain restaurant and i'm like don't tell me that (laughs) (laughs) i just means you're a regular you're a regular now everyone knows your name I don't go in there. I'm not. Yeah, a regular, I was gonna say it's not like you're talking to the chef and be like, "Damn, from there, that batch of broth was great yesterday." Like, I just had to come back and get another one. I'm not walking in there being like, mm, "Thank you, Mister Heartbreakers, for my chicken seitan." No, I'm not. Someone else is saying that for me, and that's my shame. Oh, <laughs> uh, I've lost mm, at this seitan. point every restaurant in my neighborhood that like recognized me as a regular. Because of the pandemic, they've all closed down at this point, and it sucks. Oh, fucking New York City, it's, baby! <laughs> I got my coffee shop. My coffee shop started rec- the the day that I knew that I was fully a regular at my coffee shop. So when I walked in, I had been uh, off of my narcolepsy medicine for about three days, yeah. um, and so I walk into this new coffee shop. Not this new coffee shop. It's it's when I just started living there, and I look at the barista and I say. Can I just have two shots of espresso in a cup? And then she looks at me and she shakes her head and she goes, You sure you don't want three? And I was like, I was like, I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. And then she's like, Are you really sure? And I thought about it for a sec and I was like, Yeah, we'll do three. And then Man, they, that's they true go love. over. Whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 Patrick. They go over the fucking espresso machine. They pull the shots, and as a former barista, I was like, that is too long to pour three shots. Mm. Mm -hmm. And then they walk over, they hand me the cup, and they went, I did four. (laughs) And I was like, you... Uh, you and I, this is trauma bonding. Right now, we are doing <laughs> trauma bonding, and you are forever stored in the core of my heart. Thank you to the really cool barista at my particular coffee place. Um, absolute shout out to a real one. Uh, the other time I walked in and the person was like, how are you today? And I said, just broke up with my girlfriend. And he went, yikes, do you want a brownie? And I was like, <laughs> yes. No, I would not like a brownie, but thank you for offering. And that is how you know that you are truly irregular is when they're like, wow, you look depressed. Can I give you free shit? Yeah. So, I like, I get credit at places I go to. (laughs) Like, if I forget my wallet, the places in my neighborhood will just, like, like, they will just write my order down and I can settle up later. Crucially, I'm very recognizable because usually the dog's with me. So the account is usually under, like, Mina's name. But like it is, it is like so. I guess Mina gets like store credit, yeah. Gets, uh, like keeps an account, but like it can be done. That's where I was like, "Wow, you guys, like you guys just." I don't know, I forgot my wallet, and they're like, "Yeah, you'll be back." And it's like, "I will be back." Thank you, thank you for recognizing <laughs> that. Uh, who who's the I guy from a... Curious George? The man, the, the man, yellow the yellow hat. hat. 
Okay, Patrick is... Sorry, Gross. I know that because I have children, but Rob's just pulling that out of his brain. Rob Rob Zachney is the man in the yellow hat for me. Like, that shit is is fully 100% like... It is not under Rob's name. Good point, Rob. It is like whatever distinctive clothing item you wear. It is like the man in whatever the fuck for Mina. (laughs) I have only one place like that anymore. And it's the bodega because all the restaurants closed. But it's fucking sick because they have like a credit limit, which understandable. Lots of places have it. They get like charged a percentage in a, a, under a certain dollar yeah. amount. It just fucking sucks. But like sometimes they don't have cash and they're like, we'll get you next time. And I'm like, always make sure to fucking bring that money back because they're a small business and I'm going to pay them yeah, their right. shit. But they're nice enough to just be like, you're going to be back like in a day or two. We know you. Uh, you can bring yeah. the cash then. Um, which is great. Whenever I, I, I really want a beef patty, but I forget my money. <laughs> See, that's like the opposite of a daycare where if you like, forget to check on Friday afternoon, like you'll get a notification on Saturday morning that says, cool. We like, sold your we've, kid. We've hit, we've hit you with a $40 uh, <gasps> late charge. Like, cool. <gasps> it's cool. It's like, <laughs> already spent. Hey, we kept your kid. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, well, honestly, if I could just keep her there for half an hour more and we just like settle up that 40 bucks, uh, <laughs> That'd be fine. No, I'm not. I'm not already paying like five hundred dollars a week, like for oh both these children. Like, sorry, sorry. Repetez, vous, my guy. Give me the number one more time. I don't know what it's. It's not. That's not far off. I think it's something like four ten a week for both, both children. I am uh, never having children. That's the Midwest, and that's the Midwest, right? Like, so you have to. What you have to keep in mind there is the 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 place that my kids are at now is like on the. Lower end is the wrong word, but like you can get essentially the equivalent of like pr- private daycare, um, which is like really high end. Like you can you can really tell where your money is going, sort of places. And this is more like av- like pretty average looking place. Um, nothing fancy about it. Like they're safe, they're fine. Um, but uh, you can spend as much, as much as you want in daycare. But like that's it's like four you know hundred something a week for the for the two children. They charge more for the the younger they are because they more care has to be taken for them but that's still whatever the, you know the equivalent of you know rent like a mortgage like on top of <laughs> my existing like mortgage like for these children to be to be watched um and that's the midwest where it is affordable more affordable by like cost of living standards i, I mean like i've had numbers quoted at me for friends that like live in the bay area who don't make enough money to justify that like daycare spread. And it's just, I don't know how it's ridiculous. I mean, you can easily get up to $3,000 a month for a single, single kid daycare in places like San Francisco or New York. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. Daycare is like really, really fucking expensive. It's probably the single most expensive thing related to children. Like, cause like clothes, you can get hand me down. You can kind of figure it out. But then if you feel like you should like cheap out on daycare, it's like, yeah, actually what I want is lower quality humans watching my humans uh, during the day. It's a bit of a, it was, it's a, bit of a quandary. There's no Costco of, of daycare, unfortunately. <laughs> Could not you, tr- you teach your child to live a life of the mind and introspection? Mm, mm, <laughs> I think you just drop not. them off at Walden Pond, you know? I think that's called Rob, you, that, YouTube. Rob makes a good point. I, if I were Patrick, I would simply... 
teach my child to be like a James Baldwin-esque prodigy who like walks into libraries and like reads quietly for 13 hours a day (laughs) until you move to Paris at age 19. I would simply do that, Patrick. It's it's one of my, you know, no idea if Rob will have children one day, but I personally pray for it on a weekly basis just to have the conversations with him about it. <laughs> oh, the um, fucking it would be, joy. Oh, it would be, it would be so much. It would be, it would both be torture and a joy. Uh, Rob exactly <laughs> reading Dostoevsky to his four-year-old <laughs> and watching Stalker at age seven. <laughs> No, no, sweetie. I say this as a, I say this as a joke, by the way. That that is the exact shit that I would like love to do with a kid. I would, I would fucking, I, I should not have children because I would fuck that kid <laughs> so much. I'm just imagine, like, no, sweetie, your 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 friends can go to Sunday school. You get the legend of the Grand Inquisitor. <laughs> <laughs> is this is my child. Um, I may, I, they're seven years old. They've read six Toni Morrison books. Their brain is very <laughs> sick. Look, uh, honey, I know that all your friends get to use iPads, but you need to understand how Windows 3.1 works. And like, this is how like a Windows system used to operate. We can get to touch screens, but until you, you know how to minimize and maximize. I just don't I know do that so, we're going to be. That is what I, I would, do wonder oh about. Oh my God. I would the raise a child with. I would raise a child with depression too. I think is what I think is. <laughs> they made a sequel to that is that, shit. Is that I would accidentally raise a kid who had the sequel to depression. Like not out of like oh, any no. fault of my own. I'm just guessing like that is what the end result is. No, there's um there's there's uh fingerprints all over our uh television, our family room, which is hung on the wall, hmm. but is low enough that the the youngest, my, my youngest oh my is, God. is two. She, you know, she will be like, I'll put on, you know, like, Hey, do you want to watch? She goes like, I go like, she's like barely can get part of like frozen out. Like, Oh, off. And then I'll ask her, she'll want clearly want something else, but she's just developing like language to, to point that stuff out. And so I'll, um, like, can you go point at it? And then she'll swipe the screen, <laughs> like just drag her fingers across it to try yeah, and explain to me. not. Yeah. Can I tell yeah. you the most fucked up thing I've ever seen? Okay, I have please. A, I have a ch- I have a child brother. I have a half brother. He is, I think, like six years old at this point. Okay, all right. Um, and one day I was visiting my family, and my half brother was watching a like YouTube children's show, mm-hmm. and that YouTube children's show was based off of people doing skits from popular Roblox games. Yes. So it was a children's YouTube show mm-hmm. based off of the Yo Gabba Gabba of fucking Roblox games. And I felt like I... That is one of the most <laughs> troubling things I've ever seen from a like, oh no, capitalism is getting sick perspective. We got emails from uh, <laughs> my oldest is five and a half and we got emails from our kindergarten teacher to be like, hey, this is earlier in the, this is back in the fall. It's like, we are not allowed to play squid games on the playground. Um, and <laughs> I haven't seen squid games, but I, I know it's like a hyper violent, uh, you know, like game Patrick, show. You should like, see squid games. Damn it. It's on my list. I know I got to get through success. <laughs> like it's, it's on the, li- it's on my list. It's in fucked Netflix. up that like, I know. this 
publication hasn't talked about Squid Game. I know. We tried. Everyone and then else did. Slipped off. We'll get there for the one year anniversary. Uh, but uh, and that's because um, people were adapting Squid Games into Roblox. So they were through yes. Roblox understanding the mechanics of the games that are in Squid Games without having ever watched Squid Games. Like so they were acting out these violent games without actually internalizing the violence that they were demonstrating because it was abstracted in this Minecrafty looking <laughs> Roblox thing. It's pretty awesome. Trying to put it. It kind of rules. I, I think the moral panic over it was fucking absurd. No, like, the moral on. panic over a Squid Game is bullshit. Roblox also because fucking insane. Like I don't know if you have okay, who here has watched the very good people make games videos? Oh, that's terrible. Roblox is a scourge. It should be like like yeah. but I'm just uh, I'm just curious. Yeah, the the problem with children is that uh how do I explain that to them when all of their kids are playing and, with it? And so you that's do- and that's the fundamental problem with the thing is like mm-hmm. the the terrifying thing about the 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 mode that we're entering into, right? Is that the most broken platforms, you have zero way to communicate that brokenness to a child or like to really like the majority of people, right? Imagine like even this like, don't even talk about Roblox, right? Imagine trying to explain why NFTs are broken to someone who has never fucking touched one. It sucks. <laughs> it's, <laughs> not, it's not good. It's not fun. And so we're getting to the point of like systemic obfuscation. We're like, it's really hard to make this shit explainable to people whose brains aren't already sick. And like, it's really easy to scam someone if your brain is already sick. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> we're about to enter the age of brain poisoning. I'm not excited. <laughs> I mean, uh, I guess it, I guess the the one thing is though that like you see things like the fact that Facebook basically has ta- exhausted its growth potential, right? <laughs> that like massively powerful, influential, but like mostly it did, but it, it poisoned the brains actually not so much of people who grew up with it, but people who came to it late, right? Like Facebook demolished boomers, just like ruined. Yeah, but like. Kids are like ah, this this shit sucks. I'm leaving. I can say as a as a as a youth, as a, as a youth. What's the cutoff there? No one gives a fuck about <laughs> Facebook. Every Hold single on. person who I talk to Wait. only uses Facebook as an ex- like to buy weed or mm-hmm. to like have access to their local like buy sell trade. It's yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the marketplaces like, are like kind of hard to give up. <laughs> they are not it's, going I, to be talking to their family. They're not going to be talking to their friends. It's the same thing with the fucking metaverse, right? There was that corny ass tweet where that person was like, millennials have missed the metaverse and Gen Z is getting deep into V. It's like, it's not fucking true. Mm-hmm. I can say as someone in it, no one gives a fuck. No one gives a single goddamn shit about what meta is doing. They don't care. They don't care because it's garbage. It's dog shit. It's Second Life 2. Get the fuck out of here, my guy. We already did this. Uh, Ren, if you're okay with Hello. saying, how old are you? 
Oh God! See, I, see, I'm worried about saying this because I feel like Kato immediately Rob. finishes his drink upon asking that question. <laughs> I need it. I, I need that. I'm because I know I this the answer. I am worried that Patrick and Rob will fire me on the goddamn spot. <laughs> no, I, we, I, we knew. I, yeah, they as some, know. As, so, as someone, okay, as, so, right, as someone right, that right. came up through the industry in which uh, their entire branding before they became any good at their job was like, dang, you're so young while you do this. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, at no point will I take any any offense or feel any sort of weirdness over how young you are. You, you, you could not shock you, me. Do you hold the record I for do, like youngest Patrick, person in Patrick, this industry? Does Patrick or do I? No, Patrick. Did Patrick as the young, like when you were technically working. Uh, like youngest to get like a legitimate E3 badge that was pink when I was like 13. <laughs> yeah. Probably pretty close. I'm probably top 10. Um, <laughs> I think I might right now. I would not be surprised if we're like excluding influencers if I might hold the current, <laughs> the current title, <laughs> which is tough. Right. Um, that's the issue now is that influence like there's a six-year-old out there that's a, yeah got a there's, YouTube a, there's, there's a 13 that's probably bigger than plays, the waypoint youtube i was gonna say there's a 13-year-old who plays roblox who is fucking running circles around us but um, <laughs> all right fine i'll say this i will say this uh 21 gregorian years old that okay. rules that's that rules yeah i was i, I was 20 i was 22 when i moved to San Francisco for to, for some to reason new, it sounds news editor I, I at one tur- I turn it sounds better when you say the number now. Nice. I turn twenty two a month from now. It sounds okay. better when you say the number and not the year. Whenever I see or hear the year, my 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 bones turn to dust. Yeah, I will say Kato was in a Discord <laughs> server that I am in where it came up recently, and yeah. I've watched as no joke seven people had. <laughs> an existential crisis inflicted upon them by my making a joke. And then I was like, oh, fuck. God <laughs> damn it. Oh, no. That is not my goal. I'm not trying to give everyone an existential crisis. I'll say the year. Listen, I mean, I'll it, make everyone sick. You already said the number. People I can was, do the math. People can do the math. I was born in the year 2000. Get the fuck out of here. Like, sorry. I also wish I, I wasn't. I remember the year 2000. <laughs> I don't. I was a baby. Do I remember 9 11? No. Do I remember any of my childhood? No. Do I remember 9 11? Is that a common refrain that you get? Wait, wait, wait. Well, yes. Yeah, legitimately. Legitimately. Okay. Because you do, right? Do you? The legitimate cutoff. Well, no, but what I'm saying is uh, she knows what 9 11 is. Is yes. I yes, would yes, not yes, ask yes. her. Do you <laughs> remember nine eleven? No, 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 no. The generational. I might want to know if a baby remembers nine eleven. The generational <laughs> yeah, cutoff point that people actually use for like whatever the fuck you want to call Gen Z. The mm-hmm. cutoff point is: Do you remember nine eleven? Makes yeah, sense. It's the Kennedy assassination. Yeah. For it's, like, exactly. Right. It, exactly. Because also you're like you're looking at like a group of people. Like that's that's the dividing line. Like, like millennials can vaguely remember a time before the Patriot Act, right? Versus growing up 100% embedded within the, like, culture of, like, post-9-11 America, which is, like, you know, what I was, right? You grow up 100% embedded. An idea of security and an idea of, like, national sovereignty that is, like, born out of 9-11. And then turns out you didn't come of age during the financial crisis. You watched your parents live through the financial crisis. And, like, turns out that fucks you up in a different way. <laughs> um, 
which is why you have basically, and I think like, I think that understanding generations is like a, as a system is kind of useless, but I think that like looking at material conditions as a whole is actually interesting, which is why you have and why I'm interested in this coming group, like this coming cohort of people who are like totally uninterested in like previous notions of capitalist success. Who are like totally uninterested in ideas of success oriented around like home ownership or oriented around like, you know, co- consistently escalating profits right, who are interested in more subsistence or, like, values-oriented, like, living, like, I think that's, like, a legitimately interesting point of contention, like, emerges from a particular relationship to, like, something like the 2008 financial crisis. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's... It's, so it's pretty very young funny. is what we're getting at. I have a very disease. <laughs> the disease of youth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. No, I mean, it's also interesting because you, you come from... Whereas, like, Rob, Kato, and I, like, living through, like, the internet integrating into our lives, like, mm-hmm. like you come into a period in which it's not quite where it is, like, you know, I look at my daughter and both my daughters and, like, neither, like, neither will really understand what a mouse is. Like, when they come down to my, they come, they bust into my office around five o'clock. I drop my kids off in the morning. My wife picks them up in the afternoon. And they come in, like, every time they touch the mouse and they see something move, they're like, what is, what a thing that is. And, uh, like, it's like, that's all on the out. And they'll only understand touch screens. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's just, like, where technology is. And so it's just fascinating that you come into a place where the internet is sort of integrated. Like, you're growing up as Facebook starts. But, like, I was Mm -hmm. in the, like, first expansion of Facebook past harvard i i was in the eight schools that got picked um my freshman year of college and like i sat there as as facebook transformed what it meant to be social on a campus as opposed to now now we're talking about facebook is irrelevant to the people who uh were there when it started and now you know they've adopted different you know social apps as a way of expressing themselves i mean i also think that like we're entering this phase where like people have less control of the social apps that are like being used for social like community. So like, for example, right. The university I went to didn't have any kind of social integration outside of something like Facebook or Twitter. Right. Mm -hmm. What should they have been using? Fucking discord. (laughs) But the problem is that like institutions cannot move fast enough at this point major institutions cannot move fast enough at this point to keep up, right? You are not getting those offers to particular schools. So instead you're like leading to this very weird place where like, Didn't yes, all of these- Didn't start a system too? Discord just did. Yeah, but it's yeah. too fucking late. <laughs> it's t- it, it legitimately, yeah. it's too late. Universities are going to start moving faster. Like I, one of the things that I did when I was in college was like pitch to my university. Like you are going to either have to get ahead of this or you were going to lose control of this ecosystem. And like, I was right. Uh, <laughs> but like, that is the weird place that we're in right now is that like, and like kind of what I think, you know, not to like get into like capitalism and like brain poisoning, but I do think that like we are in an interesting position where we are seeing systems of structure start to like break down in very interesting ways. And I think it is very easy to like look at a system breaking as like in an inherent success, which it isn't, right? Capitalism ruptures itself all the time and then heals itself back stronger. 
But I think the interesting thing to look at is that looking at that point of rupture as an opportunity and start to build something from that. And so like, what do you do when something like Meta starts to break down, when something like Facebook starts to like falter? That is not just a sign of like a broken system, but it's also like an opportunity to like do something new and exciting. And like, that's why I'm always like, for as much as I am like the ad-based model sucks shit and we are moving into a new era of journalism, like oriented around personality-driven content and that sucks in a lot of ways, it is also an opportunity to like try and build something new, which is like, not to sound too serious, why I'm really excited about this and like why I'm legitimately excited about Waypoint is because we are like looking at this moment of rupture and actually trying to do something with it. Something I keep, like, I often, I haven't returned to this idea of, like, everything was, like, the predominant question of the most recent round, the, 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 let's say the tech boom that's been going on for the last, like, decade has been this, like, idea of infinite scale, that, like, everything has to be a solution for like the lowest common denominator of people, not in the pejorative sense where I mean like, um, uh, you know, idea of like hoi polloi or something like that, but just like, it has to be relevant to everyone possible. Mm-hmm. And when I think about like my favorite, like my favorite moments before a technology gets ruined or a space gets overtaken, it tends to be when it's more in that like village model. And not like global model, um, and and so like I, I often return to like I don't know the fact that this conversation started with kids, right? Like like how do you sort of like what's what's the way to handle the fact that like there are all these um, like you know it's 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 like there's quicksand out there in <laughs> in the in the places that like your kids want to go and like have entertainment and like build relationships. But then there's all these places where like, you know that like there's some really exploitative stuff here, right? There is some stuff here that is designed to work on your worst impulses or work on your like greatest fears and like keep you engaged with it in ways that will like not help you be happy, even though it will keep you like, vaguely entertained and you know in my like a lot of times i do find myself like trending in a more almost like like almost like luddite direction or something where like i like (laughs) i look at a lot of these things and i'm not sure i'm not sure i see core concepts that can easily be redeemed like Mm -hmm. you know if if we're talking about like something like facebook i'm not even sure like a smaller version of Facebook. It's not worth existing. Good. Right. And so, and the thing is like when, when I think about, you know, if, if I did have kids or something, how would I handle the fact that like, I have come far enough in all this that I actively, like I often find myself actively wishing like that I wasn't engaged with a bunch of the stuff at all. Like, um, a thing I return to a lot is when I get, you know, the, the, the rare unplugged vacation, right? Like when mm. I fully like unhook, stay away from the stuff, um, maybe like just enough of internet connection to like chat with Patrick on a vacation or like get a tiny little crumb of video uh, downloaded slowly that I can watch at night or something like that's probably that's probably where I have the most fun. 
right? That's like, that's, that's where I'm good. But on those times when I'm fully disconnected from it and there's none of that fucking Skinner box food pellet thing where I am engaging with stuff out of like pure habit. And the fact that like so quickly delivers some pointless dopamine hit. I'm like, shit, none of this stuff makes my life better. None well, of I, it. Uh, I mean, the, the, cha- the challenge with children and like I, we don't have to get the focus on here because I'm the only one that like has them, but like, the, the, the challenge there is you have to meet the kids where they are as opposed to where you mm-hmm. want them to go. And yeah. so what you have to accept is that they are entering a pure digital age in which these are the platforms that they are going to communicate, engage with. And our responsibility is not to tell them to not go on YouTube, but is to like understand what that platform is, like put up the guardrails where I can, like understand that like YouTube is kind of the same way where like they walk around the block and you don't know where they are. I, you have to make peace with that, that like the values I'm instilling in them or trying to instill in them or the curiosity that I hope I instill with them allows them to ask the questions that I can't answer for them. Like that's super scary. And then the difference is like, like so much of like the, the neighborhood that all, you know, I almost said all of us, but, like, <laughs> but like, but we talk about in our youth, whereas like there's that digital neighborhood and I just have to be okay with them walking it and hope that I've raised a kid that can ask the right questions. And if they don't have the answers, they can ask me or ask someone else. Because if I just tell them, well, actually, no, you just shouldn't engage with that shit. They need to come to that on their own terms. Because the moment that I start to be the one wagging my finger, it's like, well, all your friends are on Roblox. And actually, have you watched this people make games video? Like, it's pretty <laughs> bad for you. Um that's tough. Like, it doesn't mean that like you shouldn't instill rules with your kids. Like everyone should have like their own boundaries and your kids should, you should figure out what your kids respond to and like what, what they can handle. But it's tough. Cause like you just have so much more information than they do and how you communicate that to them to the degree that you think you're making their lives better is just, well, that's the question you ask every day when you wake up. (laughs) I I think that, I think the other thing is that like the, the thing that I'm like, relatively hopeful about is that like we are seeing these points of rupture happen much more frequently and like one of the things that i like think about pretty often is like a small thing to dream about but like you know there's this idea that like there aren't enough people to do the amount of work that currently exists right now or like there are there are too many people to do the amount of work that currently exists in like an industrialized society right and like you know uh, de-industrialization is like a weird messy complicated thing and that like is kind of impossible to dream of right now right but like if you just think for a second right how many people live in somewhere like new york city right a lot Mm -hmm. 13 million people right 13 million people if you imagine for a second what a city that looks like you know 13 million people how many clothes you need for 13 million people right a lot the industrial mode of production provides them very, very easily and very, very poorly, right? It's both like easily providing bad things, right? And I think that like we are the only hope I get is like looking at, and this kind of ties in what you were saying, Rob, is like, you know, moments of disconnection, right? And I think that like it is not disconnection that is inherently good but a return from alienation through the way that systems exist right now. And so, like, the thing that I think about and, like, the thing that I dream about is, like, what does a city look like where you do not abandon scale, but you do abandon things like 
you know, corporate industrialization, where like there are people you go to, you know, we're looking at like the return of like artisans, right? You know, mm-hmm. if, if if you believe in platforms for anything and the idea of like platforms like something like Etsy, which is like dog shit in many, many ways, or mm-hmm. something like YouTube, which is dog shit in many, many ways, you're seeing a return of something where like you can go to a specific person for a specific thing that you want, right? And that specific thing that you want can be fulfilled by that person. And in some ways, it provides an opportunity for cool people to do cool shit. And like, that's not going to save us, but creating models for that, for cool people doing cool shit, could actually lead to, in my most hopeful version of myself, getting the opportunity to like imagine a better world and then do it. Right? And like, I don't know. It's just hard not to hope for a world where a bunch of people aren't spending their entire days. Um, doing bullshit work and instead doing things that are meaningful to them because like the amount of people that exist in the world is like proportional to the amount of meaningful work that there could be but capitalism denies that to us and the further capitalism breaks the more opportunities there are for us to actually do things that make us feel good and so like that's part of what like the difficulty of living in like what Gita so you know calls the cool zone Right, living in the cool zone, as terrifying as it as it is, is also an opportunity to build something, and like, which is why the only reason that I don't like let myself fall into like constant depression about the state of the world. That's my take. <laughs> Artisanal plex servers, huh? What's Whatever that? media you could ever want, share it with the people. Are you gonna make your play? You gonna make your Plex server public? Yeah, I was gonna say, isn't uh, that just what Plex is? Wait, I'm confused. <laughs> People aren't sharing oh. that shit. Uh, well, they are, but in small communities <laughs> where yeah. you can avoid um, legal repercussions for your for your Plex server. You gotta you gotta make sure there's no narcs in your Plex share like circle. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like it's, it's not something I'm doing though. No, uh, <laughs> mostly cause I don't think, I don't think there's a lot. Of, I don't think right now you the state that? of my you hear that world? collection, not doing it. Mm. Wink. <laughs> Kato, you saw my music collection during yeah. inscription. I yeah. don't think the world is clamoring for like, <laughs> so damn, who do I know as a Plex server jammed with Jimmy Buffett? <laughs> I and like I don't know. I think that like one grim Jesus Christ Rob. Two. I also think that, I mean like, including Don't Stop the Carnival, his musical. Oh my god. <sighs> Oof. I also think that like I don't know. In my most hopeful version of like living through the pandemic, the like outpouring of mutual aid we've seen is like evidence that things could be better, and the evidence that like people are interested in things being better outside of institutions. And that, like, I don't know. I think I think that, like, the further things break, the more opportunity you have to do cool shit in addition to the scarier shit gets. And, like, I think that, like, as a... As a young person uh, living through uh, this current moment in history, that, like, mix of terror and, like, opportunity and, like... And not opportunity in, like, capitalist sense, but opportunity in the, like imaginatory like imaginatory sense is really interesting and exciting and so like i think that part of the difficulty is that like i don't know patrick you may be able to speak to this like what's it what is it like to raise kids in a possibility space where you have no fucking idea where it's going 
Well, it's funny because the the pandemic. Uh, so when you have kids that people frequently tell you, well, you can have this baby. You have no time to go outside, um, go anywhere, do anything. And then you've got about five years because then once they get to kindergarten, they can make friends and then you can make friends. Um, that's daunting and pretty shitty. So fortunately, kids are beautiful so that you can like make make it through that time if you don't already have like a friend group that already has kids or something where you can kind of mitigate that. But COVID, like that first year where my daughter was uh, uh, four, um, uh, three and a half going on four, and then uh, she met her best friends because all the neighborhood kids had to play outside. They couldn't be indoors because they couldn't play with their friends and they could be outside. And at that time, before we had a better sense of uh, that, you more or less didn't have to wear a mask, especially if you're a kid um, outside, they'd go outside and play. And she met her best friends. It happened before houses down the way, the entire way we've been in this neighborhood for at this point, you know, going on uh, almost six years and never met these people because I live in the suburbs. You move to the suburbs, you kind of get into your own habits. You're in your house, you've done your thing. You've already got your friends and you've just moved out here because you can afford something nicer COVID sort of like upset the apple cart and all of a sudden met all these sorts of people, became friends. Um, And it was one of those moments where when you have sort of like a disruption of your own status quo and possibility, obviously in a horrible moment, not the circumstances in which you would like that ideally to happen. But it was kind of one of those light bulb moments where, oh, like if you do things radically differently, you end up where I'm at now where like we have these incredibly good friends down the street that I'm so thankful to have. My, my daughter has friends that she will probably have for life um, with these people like that's amazing. And I think moments like that sort of like lay the seeds for what if you do what if you did all sorts of things differently than how you expected them? You, you can't necessarily know the outcome, um, even if they happen in moments where it can seem like a crisis or it makes you uncomfortable uh, things can turn out differently. Yeah, I think I think rupture is not inherently liberatory, but it's an opportunity. This is this is a conversation that I had a little while ago, and like I don't know. This is why I remain hopeful in spite of everything. I do too. I think the kids are also pretty fucking smart. You know, I think they they're they are armed. You know, I th- I take solace in the idea that they are armed with more knowledge than I ever had, access to more knowledge than I ever had. So so many so much of. I think growing up for my generation was all you knew it was what was what was around you. And then when the Internet started, sure, you got access to a little bit more. But mostly for me, that and a lot of people I knew was like, oh, cool, like my little nerd habit or like I could talk to people that played video games. And that's how I found a career. But I just feel these days, I don't know. I just feel like kids have access to so much more profound world changing information at a younger age yeah. that I think they're able to undergo radicalization is maybe the, 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 like maybe it's the right word, but I think the sorts of things that I arrived at when I got to my thirties, I think people are going through in their teen years. And I don't know that we understand exactly the repercussions of that, but those are the sorts of things that make me hopeful because a lot of people get to those moments a lot later through like a process that, you know, uh, a lot of us just, it was the natural way of things and the natural way of things has kind of changed that access to knowledge has changed. And that's what makes me excited for 
folks as young as yourself or my kids, it's like, well, that's just going to accelerate even more. Um, and they'll be able to make their own decisions and come to their own conclusions faster than I ever was able to. Yeah, I mean, like, I think this is like part of the exciting thing is that like you, you use the word radicalization. Like if you asked me when I became radicalized and like started thinking about the world differently, I would say like 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that like part of the structure of the modern internet is really fascinating because like, not to like tell my own arc real quick, but like, Basically, what happened was I encountered Rooster Teeth, the people who make Red versus Blue, <laughs> at age like seven or eight. And then through them came into contact with the Something Awful forums around like nine or ten. And wow, there, wow. like 10 or 11, I come into contact with the Something Awful forums, right? And at this point, t- fucking two paths diverged in a yellow wood, right? And one of them leads to like 4chan and alt-right radicalization. Mm-hmm. And the other one leads to something totally different and like i met i came into contact with like a met is a strong word right i came into contact with like someone like austin for example right i came into contact with austin's work at 12 years old and read something like you know um real human beings watchdogs and the new npc at 14 years old hey, turns out you get really good at art criticism really quickly when you have access to the whole sum of like your artistic medium's fucking uh, criticism of choice uh, from the age of 12 onward. Right, that's, like, what, that's what I mean. Like that's like the, so, that stuff just didn't. It fucking rules. It just like, didn't exist. Like even, even, me, even like tossing aside like the fact that there really wasn't, you know, a whole lot of art criticism in the game space at the age that I even could access that. Even if you toss that aside, it's just, it hadn't been categorized or archived. Like you just, mm-hmm. even if you had the interest, it didn't exist yet. And, and I think that the interesting thing that we're coming to is like culture has happened to this point in some ways intentionally, but in many ways unintentionally, right? Culture has achieved, has, has hit this moment that we're in right now through circumstance, through a bit of, a bit of tweaking here and there, but mostly through people fucking around and finding out. And the thing that I find really interesting is what happens when you put your hands on those scales and like you understand culture and like meaning making and like even something like, for example, like games criticism, right? As a system and the kind of incredibly cool shit you get to do when you approach it from that lens and actually start fucking with things intentionally and actually like tipping the scales with purpose as opposed to just letting them fall where they do. Uh, And like that is the interesting thing that you're looking at with like, this like new cohort of writers and this new cohort of people who are like growing up is people who have seen the scales, you know, what the scales have done when they're just fucking around and finding out. And now they're putting their hands on the scale intentionally. And that is really, that is as terrifying as it is exciting to me. I think that's a good mission statement to leave things on, honestly, for tonight. (laughs) Uh, And not just because, um, Rob's out of eggnog. <laughs> no, no, there's more eggnog left. It's just possible that I had enough eggnog. I would oh. agree that I have also had enough eggnog, and by that I mean winter <laughs> ale. <laughs> uh, and it is dawning on me that this this concoction was mostly foam, yeah, sugar, liquor, <laughs> uh-huh. and pure fat. 
And so it is time for me to begin my eggnog? late winter hibernation. Yeah, well, there's eggnogs and there's eggnogs. So the, the other thing, like, the <laughs> last recipe I used uh-huh. was, like, end. nowhere near this. This was, like, this this recipe. Pat, did you look at my Twitter? Yeah, did you find the photos? Why do... What? Do I need... Okay, I I'll look pictures. right now. Okay, I'm sorry. So I'm the sorry. thing is, I made a vat of eggnog. That's the recipe lot. was, like... And you only you need the freshest New England dairy for this. And I have the freshest New England dairy. So I made. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. It involves it involves a quart of cream and a quart of milk. What? And then three cups of hard liquor. <laughs> no. And a dozen so, eggs. Sorry, wait, motherfucker. Wait, did you oh, say oh, three cups of hard liquor? Oh, yeah, no. A cup of cognac, cup oh, of no. bourbon, and cup of rum. Oh, no. And well, so. Thank you for joining us for Waypoint After Dark. Oh, uh, no. Rob Zachney passes away. <laughs> hey, Rob, can you mail a couple of those over here? Um, I actually, so I've been told. Hey, Okada, do you want to steal some of this shit from Rob and have a nice night? Yeah, yeah. Let's just, just send them to my house. Me and Red will fucking uh, crack them open. I have been told this will keep like for a year because obviously it's mostly hard liquor and sugar. I didn't need that long uh, to get through it. Yeah, well, that is Come the problem. Have a good goddamn day. Listen. Hey, but look at the start I made on this. Of course, this was the foamiest. Yeah, that was so mostly. That doesn't really foam. count. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Um. So anyway, uh, Patrick, I might miss tomorrow, or I might be late. I like um, lo- love this this tweet from uh, Slime Cube. Saving this for later, but we'll do maybe half a recipe. <laughs> I think. Thank you for your service. Jesus Christ! Well, that's service like- journalism right there. That's what. <laughs> Godspeed, gamers. Your blog out in the morning. <laughs> I got I got fucked up on homemade eggnog, AMA. Uh, so we will call it a night, uh, and then I think, you know, we'll be on to a regular schedule for the rest of the week after this, and then a new regular schedule, whatever that means, uh, once, like, we're fully up to speed, and we've got Ren firing on all cylinders and doing the exciting things that she came here to do. Um Include. I love that we're doing this. We're doing this sign Wait. up with all these caveats. No, yeah, and also, we know this. We have comes to record at ten a.m. We have to rec- <laughs> we have to record at ten a.m. in the morning tomorrow. We have to record at ten a.m. Y'all, y'all, y'all got to record Wait. at ten a.m. in the morning tomorrow. And no, then we're we'll streaming. It's eleven for you. We're Sorry, streaming. Are we streaming in the morning? Yeah. yeah. Oh well, that's not what the calendar says. Well, but we can switch it? it. That's fine. You, uh, we got to record a fucking show on Monday. That is going to be the introduction. I don't know how you introduce whatever the fuck just happened here. Ah. <laughs> uh, the people, the people understand. The people yeah, yeah. Tomorrow's Thursday, right? Yeah, my calendar invite Tomorrow's from Thursday. Rob Zachney says 10 a.m. Waypoint Radio 458, 1 p.m. Wait. Or Kingsfield, maybe? We swapped those? This is this is just what it, this is just what the invites say. I don't care what we do tomorrow. I'm yeah. so glad I don't have to care about this until Monday. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Which one are we doing? I thought it was a morning stream and our regular evening that's fine podcast we can, do that. We can. i kato i'm just I, i'm just telling you i'll be up i'm just telling you what the what the calendar says but we can do the we can do the podcast in the morning i think rob's gonna need till about 
two in the afternoon. This is what I'm no, saying. I, I'm, I'll be, I'm I'll saying be like, we can get up. We'll get up. <laughs> Rob might need yeah. to, to. We might need to swap those back to what I thought was happening, which was Rob's gonna have to work on some emails. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think. I think it'll be fine. I think. Gotta work through that PR. I'm getting PR blasted right now. <laughs> Perfect. I, I definitely listen. I definitely got PR blasted today. I will tell you that. That's not true. I'm tipsy. We have fun here. Mm-hmm. Welcome to my point after dark. The show's mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Call you tonight. Good night. Go home. <laughs>